The Automotive News Europe podcast is brought to you by Capgemini, a global leader in technology and digital transformation. Visit us online at www.capgemini.com and learn how Capgemini can help you get the future you want. Hello and welcome to the Automotive News Europe podcast for November 25th, 2021. I'm your host, Doug Bolduck, Managing Editor at A&E. Really happy you could join us today. One of Europe's newest brands has actually been building up its business in China for years. Link Co., which is partially owned by Volvo Cars, sells five different models in the world's largest car market. But in Europe, it only sells one car, the O1, which is available in blue or black with no options. Also, Lincoln Co. doesn't want to sell the O1. It prefers to offer it via a monthly subscription. So far, 95% of Lincoln Co.'s customers have chosen to pay roughly 500 euros a month for access to the car. CEO Alain Visser calls it a very expensive test drive, but what is indisputable is that the program is working. He explains why in an interview with Automotive News Europe news editor Peter Siegel. What is the rollout timetable for the Lincoln Co. 01 in Europe? Yeah, so we, we started live actually end of last year, but as an online uh, concept, so actually we are available in France since about a year, mm -hmm. uh, but the physical presence has been, let's say, uh, halted until now. This is where we are today, is our, what we call CSP, it's a service point where we deliver cars, but we don't have a club yet in Paris, but we are, we now have opened uh, six clubs in, in Europe, in Amsterdam, Berlin, Göteborg, Antwerp, Munich and Hamburg. And we plan to roll out an, on another 17 next year, including two or three in, in France and Paris, of course, being our top priority. So we are live in France, but we didn't have a physical presence yet until now. And actually, we, have, um, we had a target of about 9,000 members, those signing up for the subscription for Europe. We now have over 30,000, out of which about 4,000 in France. So we're quite surprised, happily surprised, that despite not having been here physically and not having done any marketing, we already have 4,000 French people waiting for a car to arrive. How have deliveries gone in Europe with the chip shortage and also with the general disruption in global supply chains? Have you been able to make your deliveries on time? We have been uh, affected as well. I think in all honesty, probably less severely as, as average. We've been prioritized given the fact that we're in the middle of the launch uh, and that prioritization has helped us, but not enough. Mm -hmm. So if the, the fact that we have 30,000 people waiting for a car, we will probably deliver something around 10,000 these cars, which is just, we just deliver anything we get as quickly as possible. And we of course would have liked to have more cars, but that is not possible because of the chip shortage as well. So we are affected. And how often are you receiving shipments from, from China? On a monthly level now. Yeah, okay. they come on uh, shipments and sometimes with 400, 500, up to 1,000 cars, but we, we receive them by shipments on a monthly basis. I imagine it helps somewhat that there are really only two choices for the <laughs> 01 
the black or blue. So any car you get, there's no problem. Yeah. It just moves right to the customer. That was one of the reasons why we decided to make the options brutally simple. I think it's a pain today choosing a car because you have so many colors, wheel sizes, options, and you always end up thinking, damn, should I have, should I have chosen that or not? You don't have that problem in Lincoln Co. The only problem you may have is that you say, damn, maybe I should have taken blue instead of black. So it's just all we have, a black and a blue car with a PF with everything in. So there's only one choice to make, two colors. And that helps indeed. So we always have the right car in stock. So whatever arrives from the plant, we can deliver. Obviously, the subscription model is is sort of part of the main your main business plan, but you yeah. also have the choice in some countries, or maybe in all countries, of buying the zero one. Yes. Have you found any customers who say, "I, I the monthly model is great, but I'd rather just own it outright"? Yeah, but it's it's a small minority. We the reason why we offered it was, of course, to minimize also the risk because we we know that our business model is quite daring and, and not existing yet in Europe, so we, we knew there was a risk, but we also thought it would be quite arrogant if somebody comes in and says, I want to buy the car, and we say, no, you can't. So we said, let's open that option, but now from these 30,000 people that have signed up, more than 95% have opted for the monthly uh, contract, so the, the buying uh, percentage is relatively, or is very low which for us is a very nice surprise because it shows that what we really are for is working. I always tell my team, we're like Spotify, but we're still selling some CDs. So that part is now very small. Lincoln Co. has spent several years sort of building your brand in Europe, paving the way, setting up your network, preparing for, for sort of this moment right now. What have you learned over the last two years that might have been surprising or, or counterintuitive, or perhaps you went into this thinking one thing and it turns out that that wasn't the right that wasn't the right way to go. Maybe a, a couple of things. I I think we were. Some of my colleagues also thought it's ridiculous to have the offer so simple, two colors only. And now we find out it's not a problem at all. And in all honesty, if I would turn back the time, I would only offer one color and just have one car. It's also interesting. To what we hadn't counted on is that even though we are an online business that people don't consider us as existent if we don't have a physical presence that I think is surprising and we've seen that out of research in France for example where French customers have signed up but have not yet for formally ordered because they don't trust do we really exist are we there and it's strange that the physical presence still plays an important role in the in the retail world, which is why we now are speeding up our rollout of the of the clubs and are opening this this CSP now also here in, in Paris. Mm -hmm. Do you have a an idea or a sort of figures for buyers who do the go through the process entirely digitally versus those who might go to a club? It's really ninety nine percent online. Mm -hmm. The percentage of transactions in the clubs is less than 1% of the total so it's really online so that is working and I think people are getting used to it and I, I think then you might say also oh, people are now buying cars online I would say no not really it's it's the 500 euros I always say it's like this sounds maybe a bit negative but I it's just meant as an example it's an expensive test drive it's, it's, if you sign a leasing contract for 24 months, you're stuck for 24 months. 
In our case, you're stuck for one month. So it's really very short period. So it's, it's like an expensive test drive. You go online, you get your car, and if you don't like it, you return it after a month and it's finished. So I think the barrier to do it online is much, much smaller. Are you actually finding some customers ordering and, and paying for a month or two or, or even more than a few months without actually driving the Zero One? No, that we, that we haven't seen yet. So I think we people are, that are becoming members are really driving the cars. And the good thing is, as you know, these cars on our, are on our books. So we, we see when the mileage they have, we see when they need an oil filter. So we contact you when your car needs to be serviced. So we, need, we see the behavior yeah. of, the, of the vehicles. So now they are utilizing the, the cars. And what we're also seeing to our pleasant surprise is that people are not returning the car after one or two months. They seem to be happy with it and want to continue to drive them. Have you received any interesting customer feedback? We receive a lot. If there's something that we thought, oh damn, we didn't think of that at all, I wouldn't say so. It's usually very consistent and, and sometimes also very motivating that people say, finally, there is an alternative to buying a car uh, because it's, it's only a 10% of the population we think that are really open for this, but that's a lot of people. But we don't, is there's nothing that I would say, this has been a customer feedback that is for us so unexpected, not, not really, no. not mm -hmm. something that comes into my mind right now. Mm -hmm. So you did your homework before, <laughs> before, before so, launching. Yeah. Yeah. And look, we are, I would be lying if we say it all went 100% smoothly. We have issues, we have system issues, uh, we've had our initial software issues that we've all fixed, but it's, it's of course, you, you, it's when you start with something from scratch, you, you learn as you go, and I think it's been, it's, it's very, very, I would almost say rewarding that we feel that our customers also are part of the process and, and bear with us to, to make things perfect. And we're, the, the nice thing about our business model is that you, you get a service that will constantly be improved and, 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 and yeah, enlarged. Obviously, one of the key parts of the ownership experience is, is after sales, and I, I know that Volvo dealers are handling some of that, but when Lincoln co-owners have an issue, whether it's a mechanical issue or an issue with the app, are, do they nor is the process that you would just call a, a service uh, center online? We have a, an engagement center, as we call it, which is in, based in Maastricht in the Netherlands where we now have, uh, we had 50 people, we now have over 100 people, and we urgently need to recruit more people. I think one of the issues we're dealing with is that some of our customers have too long waiting times when they call the engagement center, we're aware of that. And one of our, it's a luxury problem, but it is a problem, we need to recruit more. We recruit now on average 20 people per week, and that's still not fast enough. And the engagement center is one of the areas where we're recruiting more because people are in too many cases still waiting too long until they can get a reply from us. We'll continue our conversation with Alain Visser after this message. The automotive industry is going through a once-in-a-generation period of change, and the leaders of the future are making their move now. For 50 years, Capgemini has been helping organizations around the world benefit from disruption. In the automotive sector, we've been working with industry leaders to adapt strategies around new software-driven models, providing the foundation for the journey towards smart mobility. 
we help our partners find ways to benefit from sustainable practices, designing systems from the ground up that save resources for manufacturers and the earth alike. We help align players throughout the value chain, moving economic and production processes from linear use and dispose to more circular and regenerative processes, helping you ingrain sustainable development, reduce pressure on finite resources, and stake your claim in the number one mobility market of the coming decades. Share your experiences and questions with an expert in automotive transformation. Visit us online at www.capgemini.com and learn how Capgemini can help you get the future you want. I wanted to switch over to sort of the international presence of Lincoln Co. In China, it, it's been a very much a success, and in fact, it's been a sales success. I think you have five models now, four, yeah, or five, yeah, five models. Five, yeah. Everything from, I believe, a, a smaller SUV up to a mid-sized sedan to a more sporty, compact SUV, which is, I believe, the O2. What are your plans for bringing some of those models to Europe? Yeah, it's very limited plans. I, I've always thought that. You know that in China we went to the more traditional business model for the simple reason that the Chinese customers wanted to buy the car because buying a car in China is new and cool. But in our business model, we think simplicity is key, not only in terms of offering two colors only and no options, but also in terms of making the, the choice of models very limited. We think this, it's possible that we will have in the future two or maximum three cars my view is it probably will never be more than two, eventually three, but normally two. Uh, we will definitely continue with this one car only for the next two to three years. Mm -hmm. And we believe that the future is going to be pure electric. We have chosen, however, for a plug-in hybrid for the simple reason that there's not enough charging stations in Europe. So buying, if you only have an electric car today, we don't think it's a smart solution because you, you get stuck looking for charging stations. Mm -hmm. But so the simple answer is we were going to keep it very simple. The future will be full electric when the charging infrastructure is done. At one point, there were plans to build the Lincoln Co. models in Europe, at, yeah. in, in Ghent. Yeah. But those have been put on hold for, for partially for capacity reasons for Volvo. Could those plans be revived someday? It could be, but also there are no plans. And I think we, of course, the ambition is to to build locally, I think everybody has that ambition. We had indeed the intention in 2018, I think it was to build in Ghent. We had even almost announced it or yeah. already announced it. And then the XC40 sales went way beyond expectations, which was, which ended up being that our capacity, remaining capacity in Ghent was way below what we needed. And then the solution would have been have two plans, building one car, which is not very efficient. So then we said, okay, let's then uh, build the plant in China, have it from there. But in the long term, we don't exclude it, but there's no, there's no plants whatsoever. And Ghent is now, with the C40 also, is, is fully utilized. There's some very interesting business moves recently with for Volvo and also for Polestar. Polestar has gone on the public markets via a reverse SPAC merger, and Volvo has just had their, their IPO within the last few weeks. Uh, would would Lincoln Co. consider going public in some shape or form? There's no discussions about that yet. I think we're currently in the in the structure that we are, uh, with full focus on making this happen. No discussions whatsoever to follow the the route that Polestar and Volvo is. 
now that Lincoln Co. has a presence in China, which is primarily sales focused, and yes. then your your launch in, in Europe seems to have been a, a success with, with a, yeah. a lot of people wanting this car, some people who can't get it, but uh, what does your path to profitability look like and do you feel any pressure to become profitable? In Europe, look, the, the fact is we, we had assumed that the percentage of membership, the monthly program would be very high and that's how we build the business case. Uh, we had the business case, of course, also in our business, volume is key for profitability. We now see that with the demand, the volumes is, are going to be way beyond what our initial plans are. So we are, it's, it's of course that with a business model like this, you, you're not profitable in your first year because you have a fixed cost sure. and a limited income. Uh, but we believe and we hope that given the trends that we're now seeing, that in a relatively short time, and then I'm talking between, let's say, two or three years, we can be profitable, which would be, let's say, for such a big project, quite a, quite an achievement, I think. Mm -hmm. I, I remember when, uh, I believe you were a guest at our Congress in Barcelona, I think probably four years ago now, when you first introduced this, and, and here we are four years later, and the, the Link and Co. Zero Ones are on the road, and I assume we've got happy customers, uh, so you must be feeling fairly yeah. satisfied at this point. Yeah, I do, I do, and it's of course the challenge is still on, but it's the first signals are indeed very promising, and it's this is my dream. This is the first time I do something that I truly believe in, because it's not something that I've been asked to do, but something I wanted to do. I believe in it. I, I've, I've, I've always believed that it was going to work because the car industry is doing the same thing for a hundred years and nothing is changing. If I had known when we launched this idea in October 16 that we're only going to be in the market in 20 or 21, I would have feared that all the competition would have followed and look, nothing has really happened. I think it shows as negative as they may sound that this industry is, is very, very stuck in its old business model and I think there is opportunity to do different things. What, what, is your, what is your next immediate steps? Is that opening more clubs? Yeah, opening more clubs, bringing more people in, delivering more cars, and yeah, it's really and becoming more known. We, according to our data, four percent of the European population has heard about us, which is extremely low. Four, so it's very low. But if, then we think, if with four percent we have thirty thousand members, then God, what is the potential when people really know about us? So yeah. <laughs> it makes us ambitious. Automotive News Europe's Peter Siegel met up with Alain Visser at a press event for the Lincoln Co. 01 in Paris. If you have an idea for a future podcast or would like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to me at dbolduck at autonews.com. For breaking news, please visit europe.autonews.com. You can listen to this podcast and a wide range of others from the Automotive News Group on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play, or on our website at europe.autonews.com. That wraps up this episode of the Automotive News Europe podcast for November 25th, 2021. I'm your host, Doug Bolduck, Managing Editor at a &E. Thanks so much for spending time with us. We hope you'll tune in again soon.